getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Well, after the All Blacks went down to France in an amazing opener for the Rugby World Cup 27-13, we're going to link up with a man who knows probably both games as well as anyone in the world, the All Black game and the French game. And he's a great man, Victor Vito, just back from France. Vic, uh, great to have you on the show today. Your initial reaction just not so much to the game, but what's going on in France at the moment? Oh, look, I think, you know, outside of the game, I think the spectacle itself is pretty amazing. I mean, the French are pretty damn passionate about the rugby and they've really, um, really targeted this World Cup. You know, obviously they didn't win the Football World Cup. So um, I think everyone's pretty united behind this dream of uh, the French team uh, bringing the whole country together and giving them something to celebrate. So, um, you know, that kind of gives you a bit of a of an, of an inkling of how, how important that game was for them. And obviously the game itself, um, great for them, but for me, um, man, I had a whole uh, whole range of emotions going through. I felt sorry for the guys because I know they gave it everything, but at the same time, I was really annoyed and just hoping we're asking ourselves the hard questions and being accountable because obviously we know um, that's that's what it's going to take to be able to pull it through. And we've got the guys to do it. It's um, just making sure that you ask those hard questions and make sure we bounce back against um, obviously against Namibia first, but then targeting Italy, which then which is gonna, what's going to be a pretty important game. With the benefit of a few days hindsight, Vic, um, where did France win it? Where did the All Blacks lose it? Um, I thought, you know, I thought we actually played really, really well in the in the early stages. Um, France didn't really get to fire a shot. It was mainly us uh, in that first half. But you know, I think, you know, just just how important it is for us to get our kicks and to apply pressure in that kicking game in terms of you know converting. In converting tries and getting penalties and all that. And I think when Marc Delia scored his try, I saw the French started putting their arms up and appealing to the ref. And that's uh, that's almost the time to really kill them, uh, to really get on top of them. And I just I just feel like we let them off the hook a little bit. They still went into the changing sheds uh, with their tails up. And they knew they hadn't played yet. And I think the problem was that they started to play as well. And Instead of responding in kind and staying with it, you know they kind of uh, took over the game, and I felt like we didn't we didn't get to change gears um, as well as they did. So, look, um, we've got all the things. You know, you, you can see how we're trying to pre- play creatively and and play positively. Um, I can see that the kick game, you know, like the French, he, you know, everyone complains about their kick game. But we just got to get it right, you know, because the French don't really play out of their half. They're just going to kick the ball back to you, and you just got to put the pressure on them to to make a mistake down there, but. Unfortunately, we're letting them off the hook a few times with a few good runs, a few quick taps uh, by Malvaka as well, who's obviously their hooker, but he can play eight as well. So they've just got some pretty amazing talent uh, across the board, to be fair, as well. So um, more credit to them. Yeah, like on my show, Vic, I've had like heaps of phone calls and, and so many texts. And if I if I try and search for the common theme or the most the most common theme that uh, our listeners are bringing to me, and I can't answer it, but I feel it as well, and it's that phrase, aimless kicking by the All Blacks, kicking straight to people, kicking possession away when we're behind, when we've got possession, we just kick it away and kick it away. Is there too much from the All Blacks, or can you see method or reasoning behind all of this kicking by an All Blacks team that we love, a counter-attacking All Blacks team, we're just not seeing it? I think the kicking, um, they've got the right idea. I know um, in La Rochelle, you know, Toulouse, uh, you know, the French team, they've got a lot of very heavy Toulouse influence. And 
what they do with uh, Antoine Dupont. They like to just put put the ball out of their half. They just keep kicking it, and then they just want to pressure you with their with their defensive game. And we pretty much flip the script on them, uh, the script on them, and and try to do that. And that's that's actually the best way to try and beat them because if you try and run it out of your half, you know you. The best way you can back up a good kicking game is to have a really, really big defensive unit that just swarms, um, swarms the other team the other end. And it's probably the only, that's probably the part that we haven't quite got right yet. Um, having a defense that just pushes them backwards, phase after phase after phase, they're probably letting them get too much steam up and making the advantage line. And then, you know, then the kicks look really bad. Mm. But if the kick puts them under pressure and you actually trap them down there, then they do one pass and they're going backwards, another pass they're going backwards then they're going to be under pressure, you know, doing bad kicks. So it is getting a much more accurate kicking game. That's what's going to help us. But on top of that as well, you need to have that that swarming defense that, that forces mistakes out of them. Because if you try to run from your half against these guys, unless you make a really good break, you're just going to cause, uh, you know, cause all sorts of strife for yourself. Your area expertise in the loose forwards, Vic, there's always been, there's been a lot of discussion about our loose forward makeup. A few raised eyebrows that we sort of had three sevens um, playing in our loose forward trio, giving up a little bit of size. Uh, Dalton Papali'i, um, not in his specialist position. Uh, again, we do have the benefit of hindsight. Did did we get that wrong a little bit? Um, yeah, look, really hard for me to comment. I mean, yeah, I guess there's not a... I mean, look, Adi, for me, Adi's an eight through and through, but, you know, he... So I would say that's a bit disrespectful to call him uh, a seven as well, but obviously we know he can play there. Yeah. Um, but I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're going to be comparing like for like, you look at South Africans, we got guys like Dwayne Van Muley. You know, he's not a seven at all. He's just an out and out eight. Um, and then you look obviously um, to the other squads, and, and obviously Greg Aldrich. You know, he's an out and out eight. Um, so look, I don't know whether you know if the balance is now. I've got no idea. Look, I, I just think that the guys that we've got there can do the job, but. Um, I think in set piece we saw that the scrum that we had sort of parity. It was just a few technical things with the with the front rowers. Um, but uh, look, it's, yeah, they've got a completely different power game over there, and they're not afraid to to have a few like Roman Celtic uh, Noor. He's a you know he's a hundred and forty odd click. You know that's <laughs> that's one of their locks, and that they love their big guys over there. And whereas in New Zealand, would never give that kind of guy a time of day because we wanted to be running a four thirty yo yo. Oh, four thirty Bronco. Sorry. Yeah. So it's uh, success looks very different over there, and it's obviously been working for them. And you look at Australia as well with Will Skelton. You know, I mean, obviously can't talk about their results, but you know, he's a guy that's 150 odd clicks and over two meters tall, and he's had success with the Saracens and La Rochelle. So I think um, what team, what success looks like now? I think maybe we've. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not seeing that makeup in our team, but who knows? Maybe it's just uh, we're playing to our strength. It was a massive um, cheer went around New Zealand when it was announced Ethan Blackhead is off to the World Cup uh, and it felt like there was a, just a little bit of raw boneness missing from the All Blacks. And, and I also think, Victor, we never really realise how valuable Sam Kane is to the All Blacks till he doesn't play. And we didn't have, like, I agree with you, Artie's just an absolute weapon, like just no backward steps. But if we can get Sam Kane back in there... Do, do you see Ethan Blackadder, providing he stays fit, um, being a really important member of this makeup? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think um, he'll just be wanting to come and make as big an impact as possible. Obviously, he would have watched that game from home and wanted to help the boys and getting that call would have just, you know, given them the absolute um, <clears throat> pride to, to get, get out there and, and help them out. Look, I think 
yeah, once Sammy gets back in there as well, I mean, I, I back any one of those guys, you know, that are, you know, once you're an All Black, you know, you, you trust the coaches, you make, they make the call on the selections and I, you end up getting back. So I think if Sammy Kane comes back, I guess it just allows Artie to focus on different things because um, obviously being a leader and then having to be the ball carrier and then obviously looking for the guy that has to go over the ball, you know, you can't, he, as much as I love him, you know, you, you, you want him to be focusing on his strength as well, which is carrying the ball and getting us over that line. And maybe a guy like Sammy and Ethan as well can worry about the, the harder points of the game. It's, um, it's, it's an interesting mix, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing him get over there. Another one that's come through, Victor, is Plan B. Uh, on the run, changing tactics, having a look at doing something a little bit different. Um, how hard is that when you're in the cauldron of, of an 80-minute game to change a game plan? Or do all black teams go in there with Plan A, Plan B, Plan C? Oh, I think I think the guys would have... Um, they, they, they know what's expected. They would have gone in with a Plan A and a Plan B with what if, you know, if you haven't gone in the right area of the field or if you haven't had much position um, they would have gone across they would have gone through all that stuff but um, at the end of the day I, I'm, I'm expecting that they would have trained you know you only really ever fall you don't fall you know under pressure you don't fall to the level of your expectations you fall to the level of your training so um, I would hope that that's probably what they've been training it's everything that we would have done back in the day as well and I, I don't expect it would have been any different but you know sometimes an opposition as well can just just be, you know, like the French. They've got that French flair, and but they're actually really bloody solid at set pieces too, and their discipline's really good. You can't really, you know, our discipline was was pretty off. And, you know, you, the way the games were won these days with how good their kickers are, like, you know, Ramos, he does not he does not miss. I've lost so many games to that guy in Toulouse because he just puts, he just puts pressure on you. Three points, three points, three points, three points, converts all the tries. So it's, you know, that scoreboard pressure, you know, that, you know, if that keeps sticking along and we don't get a chance to reply in kind, um, you could have the best plan in the world. But if your discipline's not letting you into the game, uh, it's always always going to be a hard job. I remember I did a podcast with you in COVID times in 2020 and you sort of fired a little bit of a warning about the growing beast that was French rugby. You talked to me about the academies. You talked to me about how the clubs and the French rugby union, the governing body, are finally all on the same page. Uh, I get the feeling what we're seeing from France now, this isn't just for this World Cup. The future of French rugby looks pretty damn amazing, Vic. And you've been there six or seven years playing at La Rochelle. Have you seen the growth of it? Yeah, 100%. I think... um well, it's really quite different over there. Over there is that um, when I spoke to the guys about their high school, they were like, "Oh no, I don't, no high school was mainly for me to get my back, which is like their uh, university entrance." No, like, oh, no, school's all about that. And then we go to our clubs. They just talk about their clubs. You know, they played from when they're like knee high all the way through to when they finally make La Rochelle or Toulouse or whatever team picks them up. Um, they they're just all in one club, so they're really really club uh, driven. Which is very different for me because obviously we talk about high school rugby and all the rest of it. I'm not saying that's the, that's the, you know the magic change or whatever, but just thinking about how rooted they are in their clubs from day dot, and now like it's obviously all very streamlined, and they've got all their all their systems in place now too with uh, some of the All Blacks models. I know I was talking to guys like Greg, and he's always talked about how like we took all the breathing and all the all the mental skills work that we've done in the All Blacks, they kind of pretty much just copy pasted it. Like they've they've been taking note, and all these players, like you know, got like the Dan's and the Jerome's and all those guys going across and passing on their knowledge. You know, they you know they've been taking notes, and, and this is kind of uh, just what happens too when yeah, their game is just they've just got so many players. They've got 
so much talent. And, and like I said before, success looks very different. You know, if you can play rugby, you can play rugby. It's not um, X's and O's. You've got to do this strength test. You've got to do this uh, beat, uh, sorry, uh, Bronco test. It's, if you're good on the field, we'll find a way to get you fitter or stronger or whatever. But, you know, Fabian Galtier, that's his thing. He just wants good people and good rugby players. So, yeah, it's um, it's, it's been a huge shift. And obviously their under-20s has been helping as well. And all those guys are coming through now. Where, where does rugby sit in the French psyche? Like, they made the Football World Cup last year final in, in Qatar. Obviously, a very good football team. Um, the rugby fans are always going to be rugby fan, fans in France. But have you seen an increased passion by the general sports fans for the sport of rugby with the imminent World Cup, which is now upon us? Um, has it got... Has it really grown exponentially? Because it looks like it from the scenes I see on the streets and at the stadiums. Oh, 100%. I think um, most Frenchies I speak to, you know, either they're really crazy about football and that's, and that's normal, but even those people that are crazy about football know about the values of rugby and how it's um, much more of a gentleman's sport. And, not, you know, you know the old saying, it's, uh, rugby's a, what is it? a hooligan sport played by gentlemen and the inverse for, for football. And they all know the values that it brings you teamwork. You've actually just got to be a good fella too if you want to actually be successful in rugby and got to be smart as well. And that's and that's the that's the thing I think everyone knows now about rugby and football. They lost last year, um, as we know, against Mexico and his men. But um, this year they just you know there was Killian Mbappe and and Griezmann and those guys were all there at the game. And then after they went into the changing rooms and they were just all taking photos and mm-hmm. and talking. So they're all you know they're all so uh, patriotic about you know they're. They love rugby. They know how important rugby is. You know, we used to think that it's like a rugby over here, it's like rugby with football. But over there in France, it's um, mate, everyone's in for the rugby. You know, they see it as um, everyone trying to unite for a dream of um, getting French sport in general uh, up to the top, into the top echelons and winning World Cups. So it's a pretty, um, you know, the French are very romantic people, and you know they're they're an interesting people, but they definitely uh, know how to run their sport. Obviously, with the way their footballers are going, and now obviously their rugby team. My producer Sam said to me this morning he feels like um, French rugby is at a space now where we felt the All Blacks were, you know, 10, 15 years ago. The scene set is um, big academies, winning world titles, being great in age group, being strong in, in the top 14. Um, it, it, it's it's a monster French rugby, and I feel like they're going to be there for a long, long time. They've got a really good structure that you've alluded to. Mm, they've got a they've got a pretty sacred generation of guys. You know, these guys are only like in their mid twenties, and some of them only just coming into the early twenties. And um, guys like Greg Aldridge, like he's you know Greg Aldridge, Dupont, uh, Intermec, oh, like all these guys. When you ask Neil, like he's a bit older, but still like. They've got such a mix of guys from different cultures. They've got, they've got Muslims, they've got Africans, they've got just the diversity in that squad. But then also just how mature they are in terms of under pressure. Like, you, you just don't see them really get rocked. You know, they're not they're not worried. I mean, apart from obviously every now and then being French and putting their hands up, going, oh, oh, at a, you know, at a freaking referee call. <laughs> apart from that, like, under pressure, the, the maturity they have to just be able to switch and know how to absorb pressure and then put it back onto the opposition. It's um, something I haven't really experienced or seen uh, in many French teams. Normally they just crack. You know, there's two ways of winning a game. It's either you really dominate a team or you can learn how to cut through hardship and, you know, overcome the opposition. And the French have done have done both ways for a while now. And we, we were looking great. Like, oh, I loved, you know, before that South African game, I was thinking, man, 
we looked really good. But then once we had that obviously little hiccup against South Africa, I, I kind of remember that we were just dominant, dominant, dominant the whole time, which is what we want. Obviously, I want to dominate everyone. But then when, when things don't go your way, being able to actually pivot and say, hold on and get together with the guys and make a plan to change or bring something out that you've talked about during the week and, and then actually bring it to fruition, that's, that's obviously um, what separates the good teams from the great teams. You mentioned a hiccup against South Africa, and normally a hiccup, uh, the reaction is quite brutal from the All Blacks, but it was another hiccup to a degree. There's, there's, there's uh, cracks of concern in the New Zealand rugby public, Victor. Can, can we park those, or, or are we right to be a little bit concerned? Hey, look, we're, <laughs> we're a New Zealand rugby public. You know, of course, we've got, we've got every right to be concerned, but um, I think the reality is, you know, it's one game, and we, if, if we are asking the right questions, and we do, and I'm pretty sure the guys are, I'm sure they're asking the right questions. I know the coaching staff are going to be wanting to make statements in these next games. Um, if we do all that, and we do the soul searching that, that is required. We've got the quality of guys to do it. You know, we held we held the French pretty much scoreless for most of their game, but it was just you know obviously little things changed, and we didn't capitalise. That's test rugby. You know, when when there's a pressure, when there's time to turn on the pressure and you don't respond in kind you know the, the scores blow out like like they showed in the weekend so I think if we can take those learnings we've been saying uh, we've, we've been taking learnings but if you know it's a pretty it's a bit of a pressure cooker the World Cup so a week is a very long you know if a week's a long time between normal like championships a week is a very long time in a World Cup so I'm looking forward to seeing our boys do it because I know they can well, Victor, I know you're about to jump onto the golf course. I'm just going to point this out. Your last game for the All Blacks was a World Cup win. Your last game for the Hurricanes was your 100th cap and a super title win. Your last campaign for La Rochelle was a European Cup. You're going to play golf today. I'm predicting a hole-in-one. <laughs> I was very good hope so. I've been looking for it for ages. <laughs> nah, thanks, bro. Nah, I've got my cousin who um, booked in a, uh, a round and he said, come on down. So I was like, oh, I think my wife's having lunch as well. So, yeah, good time. <laughs> Brilliant, Victor. Thanks heaps for joining us, mate. Enjoy the World Cup. Well, good stuff. Cheers, bro.